Well, hello and welcome to the Single Father Podcast. I am your host, Kendall Doniker, aka Father DZ. Thank you for being a part of today's show and thank you for allowing me to vent with you. Guys, I have an amazing guest on today's show. His name is David Williams. Um, you know, when him and I got in contact, uh, I, you know, read a little bit about his story. This is an amazing guy and speaking to him, you know, put everything into a whole new perspective. Um, I said this to him to his face that he's the type of guy that you would follow into a storm and just know that on the other side, you'll be okay. Um, and he even has a little bit of a, me- a metaphor for that as well. You know, we speak about his struggles with his parents' divorce, his son with autism, and kind of how he's been able to navigate that with his own life and with his own challenges and with his relationship and with his newborn daughter. We speak about a lot. We really get into it. This has been one of my favorite episodes. I'm happy that I had him on the show and uh, I know that this is going to be an episode that you guys will love. Um, So without further ado, thank you for letting me vent with you. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review, um, put us as your favorites. It means nothing to you, but it means the world to me. Thank you guys. Here it is. Welcome to the Single Father Podcast with your host, Father DZ, where we talk about the joys and challenges of raising kids on our own. Join us for inspiring stories, practical advice, and a healthy dose of humor as we navigate the ups and downs of single fatherhood together. Follow us for the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and a community of fellow single dads. Relationships, parenting, mental health. Let's vent together. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Sorry for the delay, my friend, but I'm happy I get to speak to you. No worries, man. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. How was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. You got to look super festive. Where yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been so busy with my kid. I haven't had the time to take it down. And um, if I take it down in front of her, I think it'd be like the whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, she's at our mom's right now. Yeah. Um, what what'd you do for Christmas? Um, so... Uh, as we just had our baby girl, she's 17, she's 17 days. Congratulations. Old. Um, so, I mean, it was really low key. Just hit up the grandparents. Um, went to my mom's just, just pretty, pretty low key. Congratulations. Uh, lot, <laughs> thank you. A lot of it's just been, you know, just navigating that. It's been a lot of, um, not a lot of sleep lately. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been, it was, it was nice. Everybody was excited to see her. Yeah. I, I don't miss those days of the no sleep. Uh, that's for, that's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so David, I just wanted to like learn a little bit about yourself. Um, tell me about you and your family and kind of where you're at. Yeah. So one thing that pulled my interest, uh, when I found your podcast, uh, like I said, being a single father. And that was one thing, um, I'm 40 years old. I grew up in a small town, Sand Springs, Oklahoma. It's just outside of Tulsa. I mean, literally about 10 minutes from downtown. Um, And then going through my parents' divorce and living with my dad um, had a lot to do with, I think, like, though it shaped me mentally um, and where I'm at today. But they divorced when I was either in second or third grade. So I was like seven or eight. And so split household. And then, like I said, having to live with him, um, we didn't really flip flop a lot in regards to sharing custody. So uh, mm-hmm. the, I would say the majority of my younger adolescence and teenage years were coming from a single father uh, household. Um, and so what was really interesting about that is like feeling emotions of confusion. I think for one, obviously as any young kid would, uh, not understand really like what's going on, what's happening and why, but, uh, having feelings of confusion, uh, having feelings of, um, resentment as I, I got older and I actually ended up, um, having to deal with a lot of personal and emotional, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, <laughs> shortcomings and things like that but it's like having to work through those it, it affected a lot of even with me and my current relationship and Sasha, you know she's the mother of, of my two children but we had to work through a lot 
because I, uh, because of a lot of my childhood, I wouldn't call it trauma, but because of those situations and scenarios, um, I had a lot of working on myself that I had to do. And it wasn't until uh, I recognized that and really started to address it because in the past I hadn't, yeah. I'd com- I had completely uh, ignored it. Um, I had just, oh, it doesn't really matter. It was such a long time ago, but still it did matter and it was still affecting me. And not only was it affecting me um, growing as an individual, but it was actually affecting me in my current relationships, my relationship uh, now too as well. And that was something that I had to address and uh, have. And even like still today, still learning just how to become a better father, a better partner. Um, but that was one of the things that, that when I found, you know, I saw it, it was like, this is really interesting. And so uh, even the uh, your last episode when you were talking about uh, your uncle, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, with the, and it was it was your grandmother, or your aunt, uh, my grandma, yeah, grandmother, yeah, and like having to deal with family members and them, you know, some of the people that are the most close to us or that we perceive, I should say, that were, that are the most close to us can really be not heading in the direction and the path that we want to go. And some of those decisions, as you made, as you talked about, you know, some of those can be some of the hardest decisions. And it's like, we want to hold on to those so badly. It's like, uh, like I said, I was ignoring it. I was ignoring it. I was ignoring it. I was putting it off to the side, making light of it. And then when you finally said, you know what, I need to address this. You talked about how like you had this relief, Right. And I'm sure you two were probably wondering, man, it's like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Like when it first started becoming an issue. And Absolutely. so it's like, yeah. and this is what I wanted to talk to like people, whether it's fathers, mothers, whatever. It's like, even though that are, they, they may be blood, they may be family, they may be close to us. That doesn't necessarily uh, give us the obligation to continue going down the same path that they're on and the way that they behave and their lifestyle and their mindset. And if it's not in alignment with who you're wanting to be, you, you're not obligated to be, you know, metaphorically in the same boat with them. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And I remember I was working out, I was listening to that episode. I was working out and you were talking about, I was like, well, that was my family. And I, um, I can't remember how you put it. He's like, it's like, it has to be this way or it has to be. And I was literally in the gym. And I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I verbally out loud, I was like, no, you don't, you don't. Mm. <laughs> and I was in there, it was probably, it was early in the morning. It was like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. There was probably like four people in there, but I remember like vividly saying that out loud. And, and that's even the thing is like, uh, for people is going through life, being a single father, being a single mother, mm-hmm. um, like it's going to be a ton of adversity and that's okay. Those are the moments and those are, the lessons that are going to serve you to become a higher, better self later on. When will that happen? We don't know. But that was the thing with with that with that break in my parents' relationship and me growing up in a in a single father household um, taught me a lot. It gave me a lot of perspective. It made me very very grateful, and it showed me the importance of a relationship not only between a father and a son, but a parent and a child. And, Absolutely. and with that comes a lot of responsibility. And I don't think that parents nowadays really understand the impact that they have on their children with technology, iPhones, iPads, you know, people's relationships are very, um, I wouldn't say limited, but it is extremely different. The, the way that you and I, how old are you? Uh, 27. You're 27. So I'm 40. Uh, and so we're kind of on the fringe, but when we were younger, we didn't have that technology. So we were forced to <laughs> have to have relationships differently. And now everybody's just in their screen. Does that make sense? You're absolutely correct. Um, and I, it, it, you're speaking really uh, deep too. I, I really love that. Uh, and there's a lot to unpack there too. Um, you know, specifically what you said about family. I, you're absolutely right. My, my definition of what a family is, is I don't think I've actually like pinpointed what I would define it as because there's a lot of complicated aspects to it, specifically going into my last episode of where I speak about 
kind of letting go of a family member um, and moving forward, going, moving forward with, you know, my dad, who I'm close with, but I have a very complicated relationship with as a father and a family member, you know? Um, So you're absolutely right in that. Um, And it, it is complicated. And in going back to when you were younger, so you lived in a single father household and, and you said you had a lot of resentment. Um, what was that resentment built towards? Was it from, was it built towards your mom, your dad? I mean, what, what do you think that resentment was kind of triggered by? I would say not to, I would say to both of them, honestly. And it wasn't, it wasn't uh, when I was younger. It was actually when I started to get into my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, both, both of my parents have since remarried and they've, they've been married to their spouse um, longer than my parents were married to the, to themselves. So they both um, obviously have, have moved on and things like that. But as I was becoming a teenager, um, that resentment came from, like I said, I, I vividly remember thinking all the time is like, well, if they didn't, care enough to figure it out or work on it, then I'm not going to care as much either. And so that was, that was the attitude I started to take. And it wasn't that I didn't love them or I didn't care for them or I wasn't happy to be around them. It's just that fracture took um, a big toll on me mentally. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, as you're younger, it's like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You don't know what was going on. And that's mm-hmm. even one thing. It's like, there's always three sides to a story. There's, you know, what one person says, what the other person says, and then the truth. <laughs> so I just think that the, the valuable lesson, the valuable lesson that I think that I learned from that is even though people make mistakes, even though people uh, are human and they're flawed, um, you still want to be able to be solution oriented and move forward with the best intentions in mind. I know, I know my parents didn't have any ill will towards me um, for whatever reasons they weren't able to, you know, work their differences out. Um, and, you know, here we are, <laughs> so, you know, obviously like 70, you know, 30, 35 years later, and it's just, um, I love them both still. Our relationships are are growing. Um, and now it's like now me being a father myself, I can see the importance of communication. I can see the importance of compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see the importance of selflessness uh, are very, very important for the family to thrive. I, I like what you say because uh, when you're speaking about selflessness, I think that's important, especially going to what you just said about, um, you know, saying, I don't think my parents had any ill will towards me. It's funny because I would somewhat agree to that with myself. I don't think my parents ever had such ill will. Like it wasn't just like, you know, fuck Kendall. Right. But it was, it was more so, you know, being uh, uh, so the selfish behavior of kind of putting themselves first. And I speak about this a lot in pretty much every episode is conditional love. Uh, they had very conditional love. It was a boundary to the the love that they showed me. You know, it, it was, if you don't do this for me, then you know, maybe I'm kind of cold to you. And that was kind of the things that I've was raised by. And, you know, I have to watch myself sometimes um, I've never, co- I'm never ever cold to my daughter, but even certain behaviors that my parents have towards me, like even just yesterday, I was, you know, it was such an effort to get my daughter to clean the house. And, you know, at a certain, I just kind of, at a certain point, I'm like, God, you know, God damn, I'm just, I raise my voice and I'm like, man, I don't want to be like this. You know, I've, cause even as I raised my voice, I heard my dad in that and how like, uh, how uncomfortable it made me with his loud voice presence. And I had, and I immediately apologized and just talked to her about it instead. 
And it's something I have to watch. And I wonder what that's like for you. I mean, uh, you know, having those experiences from your parents that you don't like, is, do you ever catch yourself in a moment where you're like, oh, I have to, this sounds like my parents, let me tone it back, something like that. You know what I mean? All the time. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, they have these uh, sayings or just the things that you've heard them say over and over again and like their philosophies or, the, you know, their cliches or things like that. And what you even talked about is like you, your temperament. That was even one thing. It's like for me now currently. So my two-year-old, he's autistic. Mm-hmm. He's delayed with his development. And so that's been challenging. And for me to, <laughs> number one, understand that he's not going to pick things up uh, mentally as quickly as other children would. It's been a big test on uh, my patience. It's been a big test on my temperament. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where he doesn't listen well. Now, I don't know if that's you know him just being a two-year-old, <laughs> but uh, I do. I do see myself. And so like in what you were discussing about, you know, you acting out or doing things that remind you of your father, I do the same thing. Um. And I told this with him, I actually spoke to, I, I spoke to him about this was he was very my way or the highway, mm-hmm. very like authoritarian and where he struggled was, and what we mentioned earlier was his lack of communication. He had all the best intentions for me, mm-hmm. But he didn't have the ability to communicate that they were the best intentions. It was just, no, we're going to do it this way. And if you don't like it, tough. Right. And so that was, that's where I, for one, want to improve. It's like being able to convey why we're going to do it this way and not this way. Does that make sense? I completely agree with you. Absolutely. so he was, it's just like I said, he had all the best intentions. He had, he wanted me to be successful. He wanted me um, to, I, all parents want them, want their kids to do better than them in all aspects of life. Where I want to be able to improve upon that is being able to explain to them in a manner that it will actually click rather than, well, if you don't like it tough, I'm the parent and you're the kid. Mm. <laughs> does that make sense? No, it does. Uh, unless listen, I mean, that's legitimately what I, I struggle with a, a different word because it's not like I'm constantly reminding myself of my parents, but it's, it's, I do somewhat struggle with at times when I'm in a moment of frustration, kind of like how you mentioned. And it's like what you just said, my way or the highway, you know, knock this shit off. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. And I have to revert back because I'm like, I'll be damned if I have this girl fear me. Like, that's not what I want. You know, I want us to have you know, a father daughter relationship where it's communicative and look, there's certain times as parents, as you know, like, you know, it's like, I think it does call for it because I said so. Right. But, uh, it's, it's been really difficult to find that balance sometimes between, you know, because yesterday was really kind of a, a struggle like a thought provoking experience for me. This, I mean, she refused just absolutely clean. And I'm using every single tactic to try not to be uh, like a really demanding presence. You know, if you don't do this, you're going to your room. She chooses a room. And I'm like, okay, now what? You know, and now I'm like, okay, it's not an option. Like clean up. And, you know, as she's dragging her feet, it's kind of like, oh, I'm so frustrated. And it's really hard. And you kind of revert back what worked for me while it was, the cowardly fear that I had experienced with my father, but I don't want that. And it's finding different ways to kind of parent is, has been my interesting struggle with um, kind of how I was raised. But I imagine it's more difficult for you because you do have a son with autism. And I'd love for you to kind of further explain on that too, because I imagine being a parent, um, that's, everything we just discussed is probably more amplified since you have, you know, a son who you know is learning a little bit slower than uh, the average bear. And I'd love for you to kind of explain that and how you've been able to manage that. And what are you doing to manage that currently? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the autistic spectrum, that that it's a wide spectrum and that could be different levels for everything. And so even when they're screened, there's different categories that they're um, evaluated on. And for Zayman, um, where he's delayed at is uh, his speech and his social uh, interactions. Uh, there's other categories too as well, but his specific one. So he's two and a half. Um, he's not speaking yet, and that's that's. I mean, that can be common whether the person with the kid's autistic or not, but he's still not speaking, and so that's even the thing is, um, just simple communications. I saw a po- I saw a podcast uh, the other day, and the gentleman was actually interviewing his daughter, and she was three, I think it was, and they were just having a full on conversation like you and I, and yeah. I never got. I it, it, that hit me so hard because I was extremely jealous of that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like, that's number one. It's amazing for them. If they're able to do it, but I'd never, I never realized and take like for granted, just being able to communicate with your child uh, and have them express, you know, what they're wanting, what their emotions are, things like that. But so he's delayed in his speech and he's um, in regards to his social interactions, he still has no, like full on awareness of what's appropriate in particular environments, restaurants, uh, out in public. I mean, he's just, yeah, just, he just go, 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 go. I'll tell you that's every kid. That's my, yeah. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good. And that's even the thing is it's like, that's, as you said, what it's been like for me, the most challenging thing is I don't know if it's a developmental delay or if it's normal children behavior. Mm. So same thing. It's like, I'm a little confused. It's like, do I become more disciplined? Mm. I'd be more patient and I'm learning as we go. That's been the struggle for me is, is that because of he's just a child and children don't listen to him as well? Or is is he really just not comprehending um, what's appropriate? And so I'm having to, I'm having to, um, give them the the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> and so that's uh, that's one thing that's uh, like I said, it's been a big test of patience. I think that's with the e parent, um, for sure. Yeah, mm. that's that's deep, man. I I I can't imagine what a struggle that must be for you. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean that that is interesting to be honest with you. Like you you're at a place where like. I can't tell whether she's just or he's just acting out or if it's just, you know, part of, you know, autistic behavior. That must be really challenging. Are is there any like doctors or therapists that help you with that, uh, with him specifically? And yes. So he's in he's in speech therapy and occupational therapy. So he goes to actually three different sessions per week um that they work with. And um he does great. Uh, we're seeing progressions and he's very, the thing was, I mean, he's very determined. I mean, with everything that he does, he's very bold. He's very courageous. That's actually one of the character traits that I absolutely love about him, but it also simultaneously, it scares me to death uh, because uh, like I said, he has no regards for uh, <laughs> other people and his own safety. Yeah. So again, certain things like that can be challenging. And he was born during COVID. Mm. So for that first year or year and a half or so, it's like we weren't, I mean, we were quarantined like everybody else. So we weren't out with other parents and their kids. So there was no interactions. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was one. And like I said, this whole thing has been just one big puzzle of, okay, is it, is it the the developmental delay or is it just normal child behavior? Did he need more interaction? Is it da, 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 da. It's just like, we just have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. um, that I don't have definitive answers to. And so I've had to, yeah, I mean, that I've just had to really, really practice, you know, my patience and just trying to understand and be solution or solution oriented one step at a time. And people, the people who don't have, they're like, man, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? And it's just, honestly, it's like, we're so, I mean, we've gotten used to it. It's just him. It's just, yeah. it's just, how it is. we don't, I don't look at him as being different. I just look at him as, as him. And so we're just having to adjust accordingly on what's appropriate. And just, like I said, it's just like, I always say it's like, he's on his own timeline. So when yeah. he starts to, starts to figure things out, he'll start to figure things out. But, you know, as a father, 
it's like you want the best for them and he's like you're still trying to figure out like what's gonna love them to death i mean that's a, that's a big thing but it's again just like we want to i want to when you ask about like does your does my father come out and me and he was like absolutely and it's like i don't want to be that my way or the highway i want to be like it's this is the best way and here's the reason why love that, does, does love that, make, that. yeah that's, this, per- that's this, perfect mm. It's always the the second sentence. Uh, one of my <laughs> one of my uh, trainers who used to work with me, she now lives out in California, but she always said, "David, you need the second sentence." And and I said, "Well, what do you mean?" It's like, well, people will say something to you, but then if they don't elaborate on why, it's like you either a tend to ignore it or it's like it, you just don't comprehend it. So it's like, and she was a school teacher. That was her actual full time job, and she worked with little kids too as well. She said, "It's like." This is what we feel is best, and here's the reason why. And I was like, damn, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You're and absolutely so I- right. That's, that's <laughs> so deep, uh, David. And, and uh, I agree with you because it, uh, um, man, I mean, it, look, look, as I said, although I do think there's times that require, uh, because I said so, I'd say 99% of the time, I always try to explain why. Because look, my daughter's a curious girl. All she wants to know is why can't I touch that? Why can't I do that? You know, she doesn't know. And so it doesn't really benefit her for me screaming at her and saying, because, you know, I try to explain why, Hey, this is not safe because it can hurt you. You know, this is blah, 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 because, you know, so I, I completely a hundred percent agree with you. Um, that's a great way to parent. And I really commend you on that. I can already tell you, you're, you're a, a great dad. Uh, how, how, let me ask you this though. How important is it? You came from a divorced household. How important is it to you that you maintain a healthy and positive relationship with your your partner? Because I I remember probably the most disappointing aspect of my fatherhood career is is per se is me breaking up with her mother. And that's not to say that I think we should be together because I don't, but at the same time, it was so heartbreaking for me because I, you know, you look at your parents and you're like, never, never will I ever be you. And then you kind of fall into a pattern of where, okay, I'm you. And, and sometimes it's even hard taking advice from my dad. Cause I'm like, look, I feel like you did things the right, wrong way. And, I'm not at all saying this, but it's like sometimes you you go in your head. I'm like, maybe you're the reason why, you know what I'm saying? And I, it's hard for me to accept that. Like, I'm so disappointed that I don't have my daughter every day. Ever one week on, one week off. I am so disappointed, disappointed about, you know, being in a situation where I have to split custody with a relationship, have a, a complicated relationship with her mother and, we talk on a parenting app. It's just so not what I envisioned for myself being a parent. And there's grace in that. There's beauty in that. And I can talk about all the benefits of, um, you know, the positives of being a co-parent. But it's just obviously you don't go into a situation having a child and being like, hey, I want a co-parent, right? And so I wonder how is important it is for you to maintain that relationship with 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 your partner. Extremely. I think number one, first and foremost, is like having a child is a, is a huge, if not the biggest responsibility that you can have. And uh, for people to take that lightly, um, they don't really understand the magnitude of like you're creating a life and you're responsible for uh, that. And so, again, it comes back to being selfless versus being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um from there, from my upbringing, from a split household, like I said, that happening led me to become an extremely selfish individual. Extremely. I mean, for all the way up into my 20s, all the way up into, uh, I would say, practically around like my, my mid-30s. And uh, with Seisha, I it's extremely important for us to have a healthy relationship. And that's even the one thing is like, I had to become less selfish, stop thinking about myself and only my wants and needs. Mm -hmm. Know that 
for this to be optimal, that's the thing, is this for it to be optimal is that it's a, it's a team. Now we all have our wants and our needs. Um, I heard a message a couple of weeks ago and it's not like, oh, the father has his roles and the mother has his roles. And it's like, is it, I don't know where we all got that. It's like, we have like general roles, but it's, 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 it's each other's responsibility to be the absolute best for the family. And it's both the mother and the fathers. They have to, do, they, you can't be 50% in the, the actual, the way you said it is like 50% commitment on one hand and 50% um, responsibility just leads to 100% disappointment. Mm-hmm. And so you just, it's work, right? I mean, it's work. There's, I know that there's things that you wish that you may have done differently. Um, but again, again, those are where the lessons are. And we're always going to go through life making mistakes and not learning from the mistake is the mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, that's so even if you have, so as you with my parents, even if they split, it's like they could still do the best that they can do. Even though that you're not with, you know, your daughter's mother is like that. It has no bearings on how you act today. It has no bearings on how you act tomorrow and the years to come. If we just continue to focus on, and that's what I would, that's where my mistake was. I was still so focused on, well, why didn't they figure it out? Well, why didn't, why couldn't they work things out? Well, why did it, it was like, I was just still just wondering, wondering, wondering. And it's like, instead of me just focusing on, no, Dave, you have your own family now. And it's like, one thing that you don't want to do is to repeat those same mistakes and affect your child. So it's extremely important. It's a lot of work. Um, and again, it's like, it's like you have to be selfless to get the best out of the relationship. If you're only going to just focus on you and your needs and your wants, you're setting yourself up for a lot of pain. Um, and so how is that going to, what can you do to make it better? Communicate. And that's a, that's a skill set in itself. And most people, most people, I would say, 80% of people, the communication sucks. And especially now we all communicate through our devices. We're texting, we're emailing. There's less face-to-face. Uh, cancer culture is running rapid. Like, mm-hmm. like people, like, is yeah, communication skills and human beings are completely just deteriorated. And I know for a fact, that's also leaked into like how people treat other people in relationships. And it's a sad thing. Um, I don't see it getting better either. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. But, uh, you know, I think what you said is so true because, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, I kind of being traumatized by my parents' situation, you know, being in a courtroom with them and being in a courtroom with, you know, my child's mother, it was really kind of traumatizing for me. And I was kind of crippled by that a little bit. And I felt myself being like disconnected and, and you're absolutely right. It, it, it shouldn't have like what I do now is what's important, you know, moving forward with, with my child and being a supportive father, even being a supportive co-parent. One of my goals from the very beginning of when we broke up was to um, make sure that my daughter grows up as normal as possible. It's not a normal situation, but I'm not going to, Never come to my house feeling comfortable about talking to her mother. I, 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 I hope, and I'm pretty sure it's vice versa. But you know, I want, I want to, you know, it, it's, it's beyond me now. It's kind of, it's kind of what I think you're saying. It's like, you know, it's, you know, we're family, and we figure this out, and, and that's kind of what my goal is for my daughter. You know, it's not about my selfish, you know, your mom this or your mom that. It's about me being supportive and caring and making sure that my daughter grows up as normal, as comfortable as possible. Um, but and I commend you for uh, that with your, your wife because that's, I think that's a big deal. You know, not taking the elements that you learned from your growing up and passing them on to someone else, and that can go, you know, both ways too. It can be like not passing on to your kid or not passing some things that you learned on to your your partner as well. Um, and, uh, with this new child that you guys have, congratulations again. Um, I mean, have you learned anything 
a little bit from your son that you want to take on with your daughter? And like, how do you, how do you parent? Like, what's your, what's your, yeah. How does David, how do you parent? (laughs) How do you parent? All right. How do you parent? Oh man. Well, because you know what I learned in my, cause my friend's having a baby and this is just my opinion. There's so many books out there that tell you how to parent. Mm. And I feel like, to be honest, you kind of figure it out based on your kid's personality and kind of what you have going on in your in your life, in your household, you know? I feel like you kind of just figure it out. Um, and I listen to those books and I listen to those parenting podcasts and all that, but that's kind of how I parent. You just, I kind of just figure it out and try to be the best dad possible. But yeah, how do you do it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is great. I love it. We're talking about this. So there's a, there's, you've probably heard this and not in parenting books, but just even self-development is having your core tenets, having core principles. How do you want this little child to act and be right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a blueprint like, oh, here's step one. Here's step two, A, B, C, D. I don't think that there's ever a right or wrong like path for Zayman and Lenny, here's what we want them to be. Hardworking, disciplined, respectful, and not have fear. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Those things. And so with those things, and Sasha and I have talked about these, and and that might and so that that list may even evolve as time goes on. But these are like four things that we know that we would want to mold them to be as an individual, Mm -hmm. as a human. Again, so it's just like uh, hardworking, disciplined, respectful, and not have fear. And what what do I mean when I say don't have fear? So like as a child, it's like like at some point, whether it's middle school, high school, college, whatever, it's like people get so scared of pursuing X, Y, and Z. People want to lose weight, but they're they're afraid of failing. People want to work towards a promotion, but they feel that they may get passed over. People, uh, uh, the dude wants to go ask the chick out, but he's scared that he's gonna you know get rejected. So there's this fear, 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 right? And that's one of the biggest things is that we want to teach them is like go for it. If it doesn't work out like you wanted to, again, what did you learn? And then how can you apply that knowledge moving forward so that you can be more successful in the future? Mm. Those are the four things that we want to instill in them. Now, how do we do that? Well, we will see. <laughs> as time, <laughs> as time, how do we parent? How do we parent a way to instill those four core tenets? I don't know, but we know like that's the direction that we want to mold them in. Mm. Uh, coming back into things like even reflecting in my childhood is like my father was very like black and white. He was very conservative. Um, he's very spiritual. Um, he had really strong beliefs and he wanted to convey those to me. But again, like I said, where he, I think where, where the opportunity for improvement for him was, was in the way he communicated to those. So for him is like, don't wear your hat backwards. Always look nice, dress nice, smell nice. Uh, uh, you know, it's just all these, like I said, all those cliches that she talked that she talked about, but there was a reasoning and a method as to why. This podcast is sponsored by Keys AI. Guys, if you're single or struggling with dating, I think you're going to be very interested in what I have to say next. If you've ever used a dating app, you know that they're a huge pain. But what if I told you that there was a virtual wingman that worked on every dating app? That's exactly what the guys over at Keys AI have built. Keys AI is your virtual wingman that suggests exactly what to say to land your next match. I've used Keys AI on Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, and let me tell you, it is an absolute game changer. I won't even use dating apps without it now. If you want to start getting more dates immediately, then download Keys AI for free at thekeys.ai or search Keys AI in the App Store. Guys, what are you waiting for? Download this app today. So, do you and your do you and your wife ever disagree on different parenting styles? 
all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is the one aspect that, I mean, obviously I have, I have, you know, co-parenting disagreements, but it's not really in my face. You know what I mean? It's kind of like at my household, it's this and her household, it could be that. And we try to agree on certain mm-hmm. things, but I always wondered what it's like for someone being in the same household, you know, day in, day out and having different parenting uh, disagreements or styles. Like, how do you handle that? And what do you, what do you do to kind of create a, a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, a settlement of that? Like, uh, what, what, how, how do you, how do you express that with your wife? I think the best way, again, so there is no, there's no going to be a ABC one, two, three, just follow these steps. I, I'm at a point where I realize that again, for, for it to be optimal for Zayman and for Lenny is that Seisha and I have to collaborate together. Mm-hmm. So even like with, with your situation, uh, being a single father, it's like, whether you like it or not, there are certain things that you're limited at doing. Mm-hmm. Or there are certain things that her mother is limited doing for your daughter too as well. Right. Now, you guys can still collaborate, but it will look different than, the, than a family whose parents are obviously same household. Very true. So your question was like, how do, no, so how do we collaborate? Again, communication. I think understanding each other in like what's important for you as a parent and what's important for uh, your daughter's mother uh, as a parent, those things need to be expressed so that you guys can begin to formulate a plan to proceed in a manner that's going to be best for your daughter. Mm-hmm. If she's having two different mixed messages, or if Mike is there too, like, do that. Well, dad says this, and well, mom says this. Well, then dad says this, and well, mom says this. Like, it's, it's just going to be chaotic. They, yeah. Don't, yeah. They, they don't know what to do, right? What's right? What's wrong? They say, and so it's, 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 very, it's going to be imperative that the parents, uh, Express to each other is like, okay, what is going to be important for her or for him? Well, again, this is going to be important. 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 Okay, what do we need to do to ensure that those things happen and she or he becomes that? Well, we need to start. And then you start to formulate a plan. Now, again, the way that happens, it may, you guys may not agree, and that's okay. We're not always going to agree. But the thing is, like, if you guys always have in mind, like, what's going to be the best for the daughter, it's like somebody will compromise um, or they won't. And so that you'll have to cross that bridge when you get there, too, as well. But I think to do it from an optimal way of doing it, you have to be expressive. You have to communicate. You have to share thoughts. You have to share ideas. And then from there, you guys can start to formulate a plan that's going to be suitable for whether it's the same household or different households. Again, so like for your daughter, you want her to be safe. You like, you have this whole list of things that you, that you want to occur. And you guys, I know that you guys, parents need to be on some sort of same, uh, playbook for lack of of better terms. Yes. For that to accomplish. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Again, communication, communication. And that was even one thing, what the, what you said a while ago, he's just like, how do you parent? I don't know. It's just like one day at a time, but these are the things that we want to happen. How are we going to make those happen? You set a course of action and and you move forward with that. But here's how you do it, Kendall. I said, I want Zayman to be, you know, disciplined, respectful, um, hardworking, not have fear. For him to be that, I, as a father, have to be that. Mm. Wow. It's not just going to happen. I have Mm. to be respectful. I have to have a strong work ethic. I have to be disciplined. I have to go through life with not fear, with no fear. If I try to teach those principles to him without me having those own principles, like in myself, it ain't going to work. Mm. David, that, 
that's that blew my mind. You're so right. Um, you, you know what? Just the other day, I was driving with my daughter. She's in the back seat, uh, and we're just pulling out of the driveway, and she can buckle herself. And I tried to get her to buckle herself from now on, just be more responsible. And and as I'm pulling out of the driveway, she's like, "Well, your seatbelt's not buckled, so I don't want to." Exactly. And it just reminded me of what you just said. Like, you know, you have to set the example for your kid to follow follow your example. You know, and I like that. That's an, that's an amazing thing you just said, David. I think that's going to help a lot of listeners uh, as well. Um, that's deep. And, and now let me ask you something. Is that something that you figured out on your own or is this something that you actually no. learned from your parents? Yeah. Uh, no, everything. No, no. That one thing about, so <laughs> I have learned on my own um, that I learned from my parents. So the the best thing, so both, both of my parents are extremely hardworking, extremely hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my work ethic has definitely come from both of them for sure, for sure. Um, I think the work ethic was instilled by both of them. I think the discipline, uh, was instilled by both of them. Uh, the other two is like, uh, not having fear. I had to learn that elsewhere. Um, both my parents are very traditional, go to school, get an education get a solid job, you know, just basic traditional things. And I've completely, you know, entrepreneur, business owner, completely different from <laughs> how they, how they thought it would go. Yeah. Um, and the, and the respect thing, uh, I would actually think I learned that most from Seisha. Uh, she's Hispanic. So they're extremely family oriented, extreme, like family above all else, like with, with them. And for me coming from a, broken uh i wouldn't say dysfunctional but just definitely just fractured um paradigm of what family means Mm -hmm. to getting around people who with like family above all else learning to be respectful um i've had to continue to improve that because i won't listen to you if i don't respect you period uh and that's something that i've had to work on because you can always learn from others whether they're doing better than you or not doing better than you. If you just freaking listen, it's like you can still learn things from everybody. And that's one thing as I get older too as well, it's like even if you can pick up a little nugget from this person or this person on what to do and also on what not to do. Um, I think like that's going to be very, very, very important for, for an individual's development. Now, where did, I don't know, just like I said, it's like, how did you shape who you became, who you are? It is life, right? <laughs> this, this circumstance, that circumstance, it's, it's like by making mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing, like that, that fourth one. Don't have fear of making mistakes. Don't have fear of failure. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to fall short. It's going to happen. So stop trying to avoid it. Just go. And then if and when it happens, again, apply what you've learned. Take those valuable lessons and then get better. And, and do better next time. And then you'll fail again. And then just repeat that same process. And then you'll fail again. And then repeat that pro- that, that same process. Is like, don't go through life just being totally afraid of messing up. You're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. But don't let that heat, but don't let that like, handicap you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, David, you, uh, you, you it, it, it's been an amazing conversation. You, you are just so informative. The way you speak, I mean, I would follow you into a storm and know on the other side, I'm going to be all right. That, that is, uh, I, I, I think you're an amazing dad. And, you know, when, when your son is old enough to speak, I think you guys are going to have some amazing conversations. <laughs> the storms are where we grow. Absolutely. That's the thing. It's a, that's what we just do. What we just talked about. People are so worried about like, oh gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? No, like that's where you want to you, you go into it go into it. You're going to come out the other end eventually. Eventually. Now, when is that? Who knows? It doesn't really matter, but it's like, you, you see those obstacles, you see that adversity, you see those trials, you see those tribulations, you see those, the, uh, those hard times in your life, like go face them, go mm-hmm. face. Them. And it's like, you're going to come out the other side. Eventually it was the same thing. Like you said, in the last episode you talked about with, uh, your uncle, 
It's like you'd wanted you wanted to do that for a long time. Absolutely. And you kept putting it off and sweeping it on the rug and putting it off and sweeping it on the rug. And then when you finally did it, you said it is like there was this instant relief. And it wasn't about how he reacted, right? It had nothing right. to do with him and how he how he was going to react. You knew something down inside. It's like I need again. I needed to communicate and express what I'm feeling, what I think. It's like what's going on. It's like what like the, the the lines of communication needed to be open. And so for that, this is like you could actually move forward in trying to figure out the solution for your grandmother. And you wanted to do that for a really long time. And putting it off and procrastinating only made the problem bigger. You're absolutely right. Um, I mean, yeah, David, that's, it can be closely, more closer than truth. I, I, you know, with him and, you know, my dad, those are very contentious relationships that I had that felt very, you know, um, even with my dad, I, there's an episode I, I did with called my father that I, I wanted to talk to him about something that happened when I was younger. And I felt like, you know, we're kind of growing and this will be the one time that I feel like if I speak to you about this, it may open a new door for our relationship. Maybe we can go even deeper than what we have right now, which is kind of just like a kind of a friendship. I spoke to him about it. It didn't go well. And at that point, I, I again was kind of relieved because I said, well, you know what? At least I know where we stand, right? I'm never going to regret not speaking to you about this. I spoke to you about it. It went pretty much how I expected it to go. And that's completely fine with me. I needed to do it. And you're right. Same with my grandmother. I mean, like, like uh, you listen to it. it yeah, my uncle has a very hinge presence to him. And, but after I did it, I felt so much better, uh, despite his reaction, I felt better knowing that I, I, I crossed that path. It gave um, you more, gave you more direction. It did. It did. As I was saying, as I said, it's like, we come against those storms. We come against that adversity. It's like the worst thing you could have done was continue to ignore it because mm -hmm. it, 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 you knowing where he stood now opens up an avenue and a direction on what's next. Amen. That's the biggest thing is like face the problems. It's going to be hard. It might not turn out like you want it to. But now that you've done it and you have a result from that, it hmm. will give you direction on what's the next step for you to solve the problem. Amen. Solution oriented thinking. And so this is going into those, like those are hard. Those are, those are hard conversations. Um, Obviously that, you know, there, there's, there are all kinds of emotions that go into having those. Um, but you, the, the reason that you needed to do that is because there was something that you needed that you felt that you needed to address. Right. And it had nothing to do with how he felt about it is how you felt about it and, and ignoring it only made it worse. So now that you did, it's like, okay, here's where we are. That was now, now what do we do now? Right. And Absolutely. so that's just the biggest thing. And I, I would really, um, I would really like, even like for your daughter too, as well as like, cause there's going to be times when she's going to be scared. D daddy, do I apply for this or this or this? Hey daddy, there's this uh, uh, thing that I want to do. Hey dad, there's this team, this ball club that I want to try out for. Hey, there's this da da da. Hey, I want to start my own business. Hey, I, I really feel like, you know, going to a foreign country and, and starting a da da da. I don't know, whatever the scenario may be. Like there may be something that would be way outside of her comfort zone and also maybe way outside of your comfort zone. But if she finds it uh, uh, worthy of pursuing, but she's scared, you want to be able to convey to her, it's like, do you, it's, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? She's going to be like, yeah. It's like, that's where you need to be. You need to step into that discomfort because that's where we grow. Again, mm -hmm. the storm. Step into that storm because that's where the growth is going to be. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. Is it going to suck? Possibly. But it could also be absolutely amazing and you could get some additional answers. And like I said, it'll give you more direction on where you want to move forward from there too as well. Absolutely. Um, Luke, wow, David. I, what, what an inspiring conversation. I, I love this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so true. 
Um, you know, speaking of parents, I think one of the last things I wanted to ask you is kind of where you're at with your parent. Um, I, I spoke about a little about where I met with mine. And it's funny because I, I go into that deeper in one of, in my next episode where I talk about how, you know, TV parents kind of shipped my fatherhood outlook, you know, watching things like Modern Family or things like that. Um, and I wanted to ask, you know, where are things at with your parents? And if you could just explain kind of how you grew from the a little bit of the resentment you have when you're younger, now being a father and having maybe potentially a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we may have to save this for the, for the next episode. Uh, <laughs> that's totally fine. The resentment, I actually ran away twice. Um, mm-hmm. So when I lived with my father, um, like I said, both my parents, they both got remarried. I had a really hard time adjusting to that dynamic with my father and my stepmother. Um, really, really hard time adjusting to that. My father was very, like I said, he was very conservative, very hardworking, very just my way or the highway. Well, it got to the point where I chose the highway and uh, I was 17. I was out. So I decided, like I said, I don't know what time to go over on this episode, but uh, I ran away and he told me, he's like, you better come back home or he's like, I will send the cops out. I will have you picked up and I will send you to juvie. Okay. Well, don't want to go to juvie. So I, I came back home. Fast forward uh, another year uh, when I turned 18, there was a situation that occurred and um, I decided to leave and leave for good. And this time he couldn't do anything about it. And so after I had turned 18, there was a situation that happened and, and I bounced. So I ran away at 18. It wasn't until I was 36, 37. This actually happened on Thanksgiving Day three years ago. It was either, like, yeah, about three years ago where I'd gotten to the point where uh, I was tired of the emotional discontent of that relationship. I got to a point where I just told myself and then I told him it doesn't matter how I feel about this and what had happened what does matter is how I feel about what I want to happen moving forward mm. and, that's what, and that's what I expressed to him is like it doesn't matter what happened what happens is now today and moving forward and I said I told him I said I am done being angry I am done being resentful I'm ready to move forward and whatever we need to do for that to happen, I'm willing to do it. And I want to do it. And that was three years ago on Thanksgiving morning. And uh, it's been getting better and better ever since. Uh, I haven't talked about my mom a lot. Uh, my mom, uh, she was there for me as much as possible. When my parents divorced, um, she lived, she stayed here in Oklahoma City. I had moved back to Tulsa. She had made, uh, she had made as much visitation as she could. She came to all of my games uh, in high school and throughout college. And uh, growing up, um, I didn't have a ton of time spent with her. So I don't have a ton to like reflect on in regards to being raised and things like that. Uh, and that was one thing that I really want to work on making sure that all those opportunities missed that I, again, I can't control what happened. All I can control on is like what happens today and moving forward. So we're always trying to, uh, or I'm always trying to like make time where I can. I'm obviously extremely busy uh, with my own business and now obviously having two kids, but it's like being intentional with spending quality time, whether that's simply going out to dinner or whatever it is. Um, But my relationship with my parents is very good. Um, uh, I'm, I want it and I expect it to continue to grow and get better too as well. So I kind of condensed, um, <laughs> almost condensed almost like an 18 to 20 year sequence in, in that answer, but it's, it's going well. And it's like I said, I, th- I both love them very, very much. Um, I forgive 
both of them for not figuring it out, uh, what I was angry about. And, it was, and then, like I said, it doesn't matter. What matters now is like what, where we're at today and what we want to happen uh, moving forward, not only for my family, but in my relationship with my children, but also my relationship with my parents too, as well. Yeah. Man, David, that's deep. I, um, well, I'll definitely have you back on the, the podcast for sure. If, if you will, if you will come on, but, um, I, yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I think we're a lot alike in, in a lot of aspects too. I, you know, my relationship with my mother is, uh, you know, pretty much non-existent. I, I, and I kind of hear what you're saying about the ref- reflection at this point, and I, and I might have spoke about it last episode, but at this point, I, I, I think I've spent more time not in her life than I have in her life, which, which is kind of interesting, you know, and yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a peculiar aspect for me when speaking about family and, and parents and all that. And, and kind of like you said, Hey, my relationship with my dad is good, but there is some boundaries there, you know? Um, and it, it, you know, it's uncomfortable for me sometimes because sometimes I see things that trigger me about certain aspects that he does. And it makes me kind of want to push away a little bit. And, um, because I don't want to relearn anything and, you know, I mean, so it's complicated. I completely hear what you're saying. It's, uh, Hey, it's good. And I hope it grows, but, uh, yeah, I think it, it kind of what I been trying to express since I've done this podcast is I think sometimes even with family, there needs to be some boundaries for your own personal growth and, and just healthy characteristics. You know what I mean? Boundaries and expectations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's one thing that even like, like for my clients and my students, that's one thing that we talk about a lot is having boundaries and expectations, um, and having boundaries and expectations for yourself, having boundaries and expectations for your family. Um, all, all that it's very, very important to, again, is like having a, a, a clear vision on what it is that you want to have, what it is, who you want to be, uh, and what it is, where you want to go. Because without that, without that, it's like, you're just, what well, we're just, you know, flickering around in the wind, like, okay, well, this is life and whatever happens, happens. It's like, that's it's, no, it's like, you want to have direction on what it is that you want to accomplish. It's like, I want my children to be able to do this, do this, have this, have this, accomplish this, accomplish this, da, da, da. And like, there's going to be, if that's the end result and if that's the goal, here's one thing. This is the biggest thing that I tell my clients too as well. And I, and I can't take credit for this. One of my coaches so helped me with this. Help me understand it. It doesn't matter what the goal is. doesn't matter. You need to have a system in place for you to move toward that result. Mm-hmm. Period. So it's just like I deal with, a, I work in the, the health field, uh, wellness, fitness, all that stuff. And it's like whether somebody wants to lose 10 pounds, whether somebody lose, wants to lose 50 pounds, it doesn't matter what the number is. Unless you have a system to behind and like support that, it, it ain't going to happen, period. If you want your child to be hardworking, disciplined, respectful, and not have fear, like there needs to be a system behind that to support that individual into growing into, into that. So your relationship with your mother, your relationship with your father, I'm assuming maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you know where you would like to see it be and where you would like to see it go. There needs to be a system behind that to work towards that. It may happen next month. It may happen next year. It may be the next decade. But the thing about it is like you have an idea on like, man, this would be really nice. This would be really cool. This would be really awesome if this X, Y, Z happened. Well, how are we going to accomplish that? Hoping, hoping and wishing does nothing. Man, I would love for my relationship with my parents to like to thrive. I would love my relationship with my parents to to get better so that my daughter would be able to da 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 da. And it's like like okay, that would be awesome, but hoping and wishing ain't going to do anything for it. What are we going to do about that to move us closer and closer and closer and closer and closer? There needs to be 
there needs to be actions, there needs to be expectations, there needs to be boundaries, there needs to be a system behind that. Because without that, it'll never happen. It's just a hope, it's just a dream, it's just a wish, it's just a want. Now I got it, it's not gonna happen. I agree with you. Wow. Um, <laughs> man, this, is, uh, this has been an amazing conversation, David. Um, I sincerely hope you'll join me again for another episode. This has been one of my favorite conversations that I've had on the podcast. Um, you know, I feel like we have a lot of like in some ways, and I feel like, um, even today I've learned some things with you, which kind of what this is all about, you know, learning and growing and sharing experiences together. And, um, and I, like, I'm happy that I got to share this with you today. Um, so thank you for being, um, I guess on today's episode. Thank you very much. No, thank um, you. Hey, if you, if you want, uh, where can people find you online? And you mentioned health and fitness. I assume you want people to come to your business. So thank you. Please give a little shout out to yourself. Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at free Falco, F-R-E-E-F-A-L-C-O. So that'll be the first, uh, my Facebook and uh, my Instagram, my joint. So it's David Williams on Facebook and it's free Falco on Instagram. Those are the best places. Uh, that's it. That's you can find me too as well. So in your personal trainer, yeah? Say it again. You're a personal trainer, right? Yeah, it goes a little bit more than that. I mean, uh, as a profession, yes, but it's more nece not necessarily about personal training. It's more about personal development. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. So this is like the, obviously, uh, health and fitness is a tool. It's one of our main tools that we use because if you're not able to control like the easy aspects of your life. So we're talking about like big, big, big things, solving family dynamics, raising our children to become, you know, uh, individuals in the, that are respectful in communities. Like these are big challenges. If we're not able to control the small things in our life by like the time we wake up, to uh, the foods that we eat, to how we treat our body. If we can't master these simple little bitty things, like I said, how are we going to be able to do these bigger things? Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. So those are, yeah, I mean, it's like we can, uh, yeah, we can get all of that like later, but it's just, yeah, this has been great. Um, like I said, when I listened to, uh, to the previous episodes, there's a lot, there's a lot of you that I resonated with a ton. Um, and like I said, the the feelings that you talked about, the emotions that you were expressing, the thoughts that you were having, the the simple dynamics between you and just different family members. I was like, man, that's it sounded so familiar. Mm -hmm. And um, it took a lot of, it, and I want to commend you, it takes a lot of courage to go online into the universe and be able to express these uh, uh, thoughts, feelings, and emotions out. Not very many people are brave enough and courageous enough to do that. So I want to commend you. Um, it resonates. It resonates a lot. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah, I. The main purpose in this podcast is just to help some people out and to grow together. Um, and I, I think, especially today, I think this this episode is definitely going to resonate with a lot of people. I know I definitely resonate with you. So, um, David, thank you very much. Uh, I will text you shortly. Um, this has been a pleasure. Um, and uh, look, man, yeah, I, I learned a lot from you and I thank you for that. Uh, you're going to be an amazing dad. Congrats on the little girl. I, I hope you guys have an amazing uh, Christmas. And again, because I'm sure I'll get requests for you. I, I hope that you'll come back. I love it, man. Hey, happy new year. Um, let's go make 2023 the best year you get. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, uh, good talking to you and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. The Single Father Podcast with Kendall Doniker is a weekly show that explores the joys, challenges, and triumphs of being a single dad. Join us as we share stories, offer advice, and provide support to other single fathers. Follow us to stay up to date on new episodes and to connect with other single dads in our community. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review.